We're so honored that you joined us for this week's message here at Hope Church in Kalispell, Montana. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and challenged in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed as you listen to this week's message. Right now, we're in a series right now called XO, where we have been talking about God's design for relationships here at Hope Church. And today, I'm joined with my lovely bride, Brooke, and we get to uh, preach to you guys today. So what a privilege it is to do that today. Today, Pastor Lance and MT are not here. They are getting some vitamin D down in Mexico, uh, getting some well-deserved rest and enjoying each other. And uh, they'll be back next week as they wrap up this series. Uh, I did want to let you guys know a couple things today. Um, Eureka is joining us today. So why don't we give Eureka a hand? We're so grateful. Love our Eureka campus. And... Um, if there are any children left here, I just want to give a disclaimer that you may have to do some explaining after today. We've got a little bit of a PG-13 uh, message in, in some parts at least, so we just want to kind of give you a little bit of a heads up as we talk about intimacy as well um, as part of the message. So um, what we want to do today before we jump in, we'll go ahead and pray, and uh, let's just ask for the Spirit of God to have His way today. Lord, we are so grateful for today, for uh, another beautiful day here in Montana, but another day in your house. And God, we just pray that you would accomplish the thing that you want to accomplish today. So we make ourselves available to you. We listen for your spirits prompting and teaching. And God, we just pray that you help relationships, help marriages, help friendships, help would-be marriages and futures. And God, I just pray that for, pray for your blessing on this time. I pray you help Brooke and I as we communicate. Help us to say the things that are on your heart. And we also pray for our pastors, Pastor Lance and MT, that they would have a fantastic time of rest and growing in their relationship with you and each other while they're there. And God, just keep the sunburn to a minimum. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So today we want to try to answer the question, why relationships? Why do we have relationships? What's the point of them? What is God's design behind relationships? I mean, why can't we just do it on our own? Why can't we just live this life on our own? What's the purpose of these relationships? And man, if we're all honest, like there are times whenever we realize it's a lot more work than we're willing to admit. We, we, we don't always get along. I know when you, you know, look at pastors on stage or anyone who kind of takes a stage, you often think like they must have it together to have earned that. Well, honestly, we struggle. Like there's, there's times in our 21 years of marriage where we've had some fights. And I was reminded because we were kind of putting all this together a couple of weeks ago, we do our date night on Fridays. And uh, well, we try to do a date day. It's, a, it's our day off here at the church. So we are, we're having a date day. And we decided to go to the movies. But that day, it was just kind of one of those, like, we're at each other that whole day. And we were kind of, like, arguing. And it was just, like, building. Like, you know, whenever you just, like, there's a lot of tension in a relationship. And it's just building and building. There so, might have been some hormones involved in, yeah, in that. Yeah, yours we're or mine. contributing. Mine, we're contributing yeah. to the... I'm 40 now. Menopause apparently is a thing too. But we're uh, so we're kind of like at at each other's throat that whole day, and we walk up to the movie theater, and it's just like man, one wrong thing. And I'll be honest with you, I have a spiritual gift of insult. Now it might not be the right spirit, but it is a spirit, and I I just know what to say in the moment to really let somebody have it. So we are we're fighting. We're arguing, we're walking up, and, and, and Brooke is like, we're walking up to the door, and Brooke says, I don't know if I want to go to the movies. I don't know if this is a good idea. So in the moment, you know, you got a decision to make. Am I going to say it or not? And I went with say it. It's just <laughs> going to be worth it. 
So I turn to her and I say, well, at least we won't have to talk to each other. And this is how, this is how it went. We were walking up to the movies and she just went whoop, turn around and we just walked back to the car and drove home in silence. That's what your pastors look like here at Hope Church. I don't know about Pastor Lance and MT, they probably don't have those issues, but there are times when we just struggle. Everybody experiences those kinds of struggles where it just takes work for those healthy relationships. And here's the truth. We didn't Instagram that moment that day. No, we did not. We probably Instagrammed of smiling and, you know, you're probably looking at it like, oh, man, they're such a loving couple and relationship goals. And, and we all are. That. And we are. <laughs> but there are times whenever you just, you just struggle. It takes work to grow a healthy relationship. It takes intentionality to have a healthy relationship. Yeah, and so we want to talk about why relationships? Why should I even engage? Why should I even put forth the effort, the work, whatever it takes to form a relationship, whether it's the marriage relationship or just deeper friendship, yeah. having that community of people? So the truth is, uh, statistics say that 55% of millennials are not married yet. And you're like, thanks, Brooke, for the reminder. Um, <laughs> But that means people from 30 to 40 um, are not married yet. And, and the statistics say that the reason for that is, one, they've seen the messed up, failed relationships of the previous generation. And they're like, if that is what marriage looks like, I don't want to have anything to do with that. And then the other is that they don't have money. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a millennial problem. <laughs> big dreams. Yeah. Right, okay. But this is what the scripture says about relationship. In Mark 10, um, verses 6, it says this, But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. And this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. So God clearly has a plan, has a design, has a purpose for one man and one woman to unite, to be joined in marriage. Um, and so we, we need to know what that plan is. We need to know what that looks like. Because I think once we do, once we get a hold of that, then we want to engage in relationship. Yeah. So... That's good. So what we're going to try to do today is we're going to try to give you four reasons that relationships exist. Why do they matter? And when we talk about this, like Brooke said, we're not just talking about marriage, although a lot of the focus is there. But if you are one day going to be married, it's going to be helpful. But it also, you're going to see some principles that are helpful for fathers and mothers relating to their uh, kids and also just general friendships as well. So the first thing is this, that relationships address our selfishness. Yeah. If yeah. you've been in relationship with anyone yeah. for any period of time, you know that this is true, yeah. that being in the context of relationship with someone else, it reveals how me-focused, how self-centered I actually am, and obviously that God wants to uproot that, yeah. weed that out of our life. And um, Josh and I were really uh, recently just researching just the dating world relationship culture it's been a long time since we've been in that <laughs> yeah. world. Yeah, and so like there's this thing now that hopefully you're surprised by, because I was, um, called pheromone parties. Have you guys ever heard of this? This is a situation where, where people bring their clothes that they've worn and they put them in little bags and then people just go around the room smelling the bags to decide who they want to connect with. <laughs> it's like 
Are we animals? Are we going around the park sniffing each other's park sniffing each other? I don't know. This doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem like it's the trajectory that God wants us to be on or that it's helpful at all. But it's a thing. And the the truth is culture has changed. The way that we meet people, the way we engage and connect with people has changed. And there's some good things about that and there's some negative things about that. Of course, we live in this world of of uh, social media and online dating. And the truth is, statistics statistics say that 30% of people in relationships have met online. So this is facilitating a connection point and that that it's changed. It's not like you, you... fall in love with your high school sweetheart sweetheart that's not happening as much these days and that's and and tinder statistics are that um 12 million people are matched every day wow 12 million and i say matched loosely um because these aren't people who are saying till death do us apart these aren't people who are committing to each other um these are just people that because of their preferences are being linked together but we're living in a different culture so. Yeah, and if you look at some of the options for dating today, some of the some of the websites or apps that you can use, uh, I'm going to just read you a couple of the options that you have, and these are none of these are jokes. These are like real options for you. You can go to gluten-free singles today, and find you a gluten-free single. You can go to Amish singles today and find you an Amish. Which I'm like, how, how are work? they online? Because yeah, anyway. <laughs> sure how that works. Yeah. Somebody's doing it for them, I guess. Um, you can go to farmersonly.com, and there was a couple in our early service that they were like, that was us. We met in Farmers Only. And uh, so, I mean, hey, it can be legit. Uh, and then you probably heard as well of Christian Mingle. So, you know, you can find you a good Christian person. And, you know, the reason I bring that up is to say it's so focused on here's exactly what I'm looking for. I want this kind of person. So it's like, I'm going to open up my possibilities to the world wide web, but this is exactly what I'm looking for. And from the beginning of so many relationships, we start with a me focus with here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I need. Instead of it being about how can I enter into relationship and be a blessing to someone else as well. Like, man, relationships and the focus of those have just changed so or much. even what does God want for yes, me? Yes, yes. Because sometimes what I want for me and what I need and what God wants for me are contrasting yeah, things. It's so true. Uh, I wanted to show you a clip from uh, the greatest show of all time, Seinfeld, which uh, Brooke and I have just finished <laughs> watching the whole series again. But there's a clip where Jerry Seinfeld finds the one. And I want you to see how he went about finding her. Menus? No, I know what I want. The usual? Yeah. And for you? I have a bowl of Cheerios, not too much milk. Okay, two bowls of Cheerios. <gasps> you too? Yeah. Hey, did you hear the bank on the corner is offering $100 if you go in there and they don't greet you with a hello? Oh, really? That's nice. Ma, what's with you? I think I'm in love. Oh, come on. No, it's true. This woman saved my life. I was crossing the street. I was almost hit by a car. And then we talked and... The whole thing just seemed like a dream. If a guy saved your life, you'd be in love with him, too. 
no, this woman is different. She's incredible. She's just like me. She talks like me. She acts like me. She even orders cereal in a restaurant. We even have the same initials. Wait a minute, I just realized what's going on. What? Now I know what I've been looking for all these years. Myself. <laughs> I've been waiting for me to come along. And now I've swept myself off my feet. You stop it, man. You're freaking me out. Oh, I love that. I've swept myself off my feet. I, just the perspective of that is the focus on, and that's how so many relationships begin today. I need someone who speaks my language, who's exactly like me, who's not going to challenge me. But God created relationships with purpose, and sometimes we miss it when we come at it from that angle. Yeah, and because oftentimes now a lot of our relationships are existing in the context of social media, yeah. um, we, we have this, like, the whole cancel culture thing. So that if I don't like what you say, I just unfriend you. Mm -hmm. um, but you can't swipe away real relationship. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And God didn't intend, intend for you to do that. And so while social media has its benefits, it's not a replacement for real interaction, yeah. real life relationship. And I would say, like, if you... If all of your relationship or even 50% of your relationship exist in the context of just online, that you need more friends. You need yeah. more relationship. You need to surround yourself with more people that you are interacting with, that you can see the pain in their eyes. You can see the joy in their face. You can yeah. have a, a real connection with someone because there's nothing like it. Online relationship is not a substitute for real life relationships. Yeah. And I love what Ecclesiastes says um, in chapter 4, verse 9. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their efforts. For if either falls, his companion can lift him up. But pity the one who falls without another to lift him up. And that, gosh, that's so key. That there's so many times in my own life that I've walked through some some seasons, some hard seasons, some challenging seasons, or even some joyful seasons that it's, joy is not the same if you don't have someone to share it with. It's true. You know what I mean? Like, just having someone to, to share any season of your life, whether it's painful, whether it's wonderful, there's, there's just this communion and just this wonderful um, benefit to having that. Yeah, that's really good. And people, for some reason, though, today, they aren't realizing the benefit of those relationships. And we are lacking what is like core to the way God created us to, to receive healing and to benefit. I love how that verse explains that, that like together we are what we need to be. Yeah. And, and we can't do it on our own, but like today we're substituting all kinds of things for real relationships. And I've even heard there's two really wild examples. There are animal cafes today that you can go into a cafe and just like play with a cat because you don't have like relationship. And evidently you don't have the commitment to own a pet. Yeah, so, so you just want to like no commitment cat, right? at all. Somebody else's yeah. cat you're gonna cuddle with. And then like <laughs> an even deeper level than that, that scripture just talks about two laying together and keeping warm. There are professional cuddlers in other countries mainly, this is a, an Asian um, countries thing that you will see that you can hire someone to come and just cuddle with and just lay down on the floor and nothing, nothing frisky happens. You're just cuddling. 
because you're not getting relationship so weird. warmth and you're not getting that from someone else. That's why God created relationships. But we are avoiding it because it's too much work, it's too much pain, it's, it's going to cost me too much, it's too much effort. But God created it, pain and all, for us to benefit. So the, the first thing is that you really need relationships because they address your selfishness. But the second thing is this, relationships multiply your potential. Relationships multiply your potential. On, on my own, I have a certain level of effectiveness. But together, Brooke and I are like dynamite. Like together, we can do so much more. I wouldn't even be in ministry today if it wasn't for her calling out that gifting that she saw in me getting confidence into me. I was, I was such a different person, and together, hopefully, I've helped her as well, but I've benefited so much from my relationship with her, and together, we've accomplished so much more than I ever could accomplish on my own. There's a, there's a power to relationship. God has designed it for a reason, for relationships for a reason. Do you know that in Japan right now, in Japan, young men or more focused on effectiveness and trying to live an effective life, a productive life, have a career, all of that stuff, so much so that they are foregoing all relationships. So they're ignoring relationships, and because of that, in Japan, between the age of 20 and 30, the leading cause of death in young men is suicide. Because they're ignoring a thing that God created for our health and our well-being and our effectiveness. And, and you see this in young men. You see that relationships are often viewed as an obstacle, so they hook up with people instead. And they choose that instead. But you even see such an extreme that even the hookup's too much trouble sometimes. And young people, Japan's actually worried about their future because young people are not having a relationship or having sex or getting married. So the future generations are not growing as they have in the past. So they're like trying to make a plan to grow their population. Because young people are so much for, more focused on their effectiveness, and they don't realize God created relationships to make you, to give you more potential than you could have on your own. And, and the statistics also say that relationships, they, they not only affect our spiritual health, but they even affect our, spirit, our physical yeah. health, yeah. Um, our physical well-being. In fact, men who are married live longer than men who are not married. And uh, statistics say that people in good relationships, and I'll say good relationships because that's key as well, um, have a 50% higher chance of living longer. And so there's this wealth of benefit, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, whether it's spiritual, of being in relationship with people. And we see that, you know, coming to a place like this, like Hope Church, like making a decision to come to the house of God, to yeah. be in community with other believers is healthy for you. Yeah. It's healthy for you. It's healthy for your marriage. It's healthy for your family. Yeah. Um, it's healthy for the people around you that you're mm -hmm. going to influence and impact. Like it's a good decision every time to engage in that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so good. And so study after study, we, we've done a lot of research going into this, and you see that people desire even though they aren't putting in the hard work for it, they desire real relationship yeah. even more than sex. Yeah. They desire that. They just don't really know how to get there. And even the Word of God speaks to the importance of this. Obviously, in Genesis 2:18, way at the beginning, before Eve was even formed, God saw the need for her, for Adam. It says this, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. 
I will make a helper who is just right for him. And what's fascinating about this is it says the Lord God said. So those are two descriptors of of God, right? So Lord is basically a descriptor of his oneness, of how he stands alone. It's, 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 it's Jehovah, right? He is by himself. But then it says God, and that, plur- that word in the Hebrew is a plural word. And Genesis 1.27 says that God created us in his image. What, is, what about us is in his image? We are made to be together. Our togetherness comes from our relationship with each other, that we need each other, that there's, a, there's something powerful that happens when we enter into relationship with other people. So when God breathed into Adam, he didn't breathe loner into that. He breathed, you need something else. You're going to need a woman. You're going to need relationship. So if you're trying to do it on your own, I know Montanans love to do it on their own. And if you can you make it on your own, it's like a badge of honor. But God has designed us for relationship with each other on purpose. There's something you need that, there's something you need that hopefully I have. There's something I need that you have. We need each other. And I especially need you, baby. I'm so glad that we have each other. Amen. Come too. on now. So years back, um, I was, I lived quite a, as a, as a younger person, was very much introverted and lived what I would say is a loner lifestyle. And a part of it, my personality just contributed to that. And, and I would say this, that I don't, I don't know. So I would do things like go to a restaurant and eat by myself, which might be normal. Then it was not normal at all. Um, for someone that's 19 year old or 18 years old to go into a restaurant and eat by themselves. I would go to the movies by myself. Just did a lot of just singular experiences. And not that I, I didn't have friends. I had some. But even in that, I think I would have preferred to have someone across the table. I would have preferred to have someone next to me in the movie theater. Um, and I, I just needed vision for that. I needed God to help me with that. But I had this this situation where I was in a restaurant, and there's this restaurant called Piccadilly down south. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. It's Who's not been to fancy Piccadilly? at all. Yes, we got again. a couple. We got a couple. It is not fancy at all. It's just like home cooking, yep. that kind of thing. And so I went to Piccadilly by myself, which I, I remember telling Josh the story. He was like, "You did not." I was like, "Yes, I did." And so I I went and ate there by myself, and I, then I went to the restroom. And the way the restaurant was designed was the bathroom was just right in the middle of everything. You know how normally you have like a hall and there's like like a buffer zone for you to walk out and you kind of straighten everything out and you're okay? Well, there was no buffer zone. It was just you walk out of the bathroom door and you're like in the middle of people. And so, and the way this establishment was, you, you would pay for your food at the register. You didn't do it at the table. So I walk out of the bathroom in the middle of everyone and I get to the register to pay and I look down and I kid you not, there is a six foot trail of toilet paper stuck to the bottom of my shoe. And this, ladies, is why we go to the bathroom together. (laughs) I've always wondered. Why do you all go as a herd? So things like this don't happen. I mean, what do you do? I didn't know what to do. I was so embarrassed. I just like scraped it off my foot and walked out. Um, But we need each other. 
God created us to exist in the context of relationships. He created the church. In fact, he commissioned the church to work together, to be in relationship. And he said, this is, this is I've equipped you. I, my plan is for you to carry out my purpose on the earth. And so if you're not in relationship, I can tell you this, you're not walking in the purpose of God. You're not walking in the plan of God because the plan of God is community. Yeah. The plan of God is fellowship. The plan of God That's is good. relationship. And I, I, I want to tell you about a great opportunity for you ladies in the house. This Friday night, this is a shameless plug. Uh, this Friday night, we are having a she gathering event. And it's at 6.30, doors open at 6. And this is a prime opportunity for you to come to connect with other women, to talk, to share your heart, to hear their hearts, to just be in fellowship with people as iron sharpens iron, scripture says. Yeah. It's so healthy and it's so good to be encouraged, to be prayed for, to pray for someone else, to encourage them. Like this is prime, this is prime. So make plans. This Friday, six o'clock, the event starts at 6.30, doors open at six. Be here, be here and make, uh, develop relationships. Um, and then connect groups. Like we've, we've designed the church in a way that is like, it, you know, it's pretty easy. The truth is it will take intentionality. We have people here every week who are, who are connecting with you or saying, hi, nice to meet you. They're welcoming you. They're directing, to, directing you about how you can take the next step. But the truth is, it's on us. Yeah. Our friendships, like, it takes intentionality. And so at some point, we have to say, I'm going to take the next yeah. step. This is valuable to me. Right. I'm going to fill out that Connect card. Mm -hmm. I'm going to turn it into the Connect Center. I'm going to go to Next Steps. I'm going to attend a Connect group. Like, those are intentional decisions that each one of us have to make. And so we can't just expect relationship to happen to us. It won't just happen to us. We have to be intentional. We have to walk toward relationship with purpose. That's so good. You good, girl. That's good preaching. If you want to be dull, don't get in relationships. <laughs> and here's what the Bible says. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, Come so on. one friend sharpens another. Yeah. If you want to be at your best, if you want to make an impact for eternity, you need relationship with other people. If you choose to do it alone, eventually you become dull and you cannot accomplish what you could together. Yeah, and, you need each other. And I'll say this. We need someone in our life that will point the figurative broccoli in our teeth yeah. and say, hey, there's something there. We need someone. We all have blind spots. Yeah. Gosh, I have so many. Like, I need someone. I needed this man to say, hey... Like, there's some things that you need to be aware of. I needed friends to, like, speak the truth and love to me. And Proverbs says this. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, yeah. but the kiss of the enemy is deceitful. Yeah. So if you're surrounding yourself with people who just tell you what you want to hear, tell you what you want to hear, tell you what you want to hear, agree, 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 yeah. agree, there's deception in that. Yeah. That's, not on that's not honest. But if you yeah. surround yourself with people who love you, who are sincere, who are honest, lovingly honest with you, even that wound is a blessing. You know that you feel that your friend tells you that and you're like, Ooh, but yeah. you know it's good for you yep. and it's helping you and it's sharpening you and, yeah. and you're becoming who God wants you to be. That's one of the things Brooke and I will do on those date days. We will try to sit down and intentionally ask, how am I doing as a pastor, as, an hus as a husband, as a father, 
in these major areas in my life, how am I doing? What do you see that I don't see? And uh, we try to help each other out in those areas. You got to have somebody who's willing to say that. Uh, we were youth pastors for a long time, and I remember this one night I'm preaching, and I'm up there and I'm just preaching, and I used to love to stand on the edge of the stage like this, and I'm, I'm standing on the so edge, nervous. and there's this guy. There's this young guy who's like part of our leadership and he's just sitting in the front row and I'm standing there and I'm preaching and I'm just like right in his face and he's chuckling. And he's like, you know, <laughs> you know, this stupid youth <laughs> laughing at me. And I'm just like, what, what is he laughing at this whole time? So I'm trying to focus. I'm trying to preach. I'm like bringing it. And he's laughing. And I'm like, what is he doing? So I'm just, I'm preaching and he doesn't stop and he doesn't say anything to me. And I'm just like, all right, whatever. So when the message is done, you know, I go to him after. I'm like, what were you laughing at the whole time? He's like, bro, he's like, your fly was undone the whole time. <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't you say something? Like, what kind of a person, what kind of a friend is that close to you and doesn't help you? I don't know what I would have done. Yeah, I don't know what you would have done either. Uh, yeah, I would have been like, <laughs> let's, uh, let's turn to your neighbor. And, you know. <laughs> but I was like, what a pointless relationship that is. Like, why have someone close to you if they're not going to be willing to make you better? if they're not going to be willing to help you in those moments. Even Jesus was super intentional about the relationships and those closest to him. It says in Matthew 12, Jesus is speaking to the crowd. It says his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. And someone told Jesus, your mother and brothers are standing outside and they want to speak to you. And Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Then he pointed to the disciples and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. And I love this. This is the key verse. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. See, what I think Jesus is trying to say is I'm here for a reason. My purpose is to do the will of the Father. And his circle, his, the people that he allowed to be closest to him were people who were also about the Father's will. Anyone who does the Father's will, that's the ones in my circle. That's the ones I'm going with. I'm going to have connections and relationships all over the place, but the ones I'm doing life with, the ones that are going to influence me, the ones that I'm going to leave a legacy with, they're going to be about the same things I'm about. So you've got to be intentional about the kinds of people you allow to get close. In Proverbs 13, it says this, 13:20 walk with the wise become wise associate with fools get in trouble Proverbs 12, 26, the godly give good advice to their friends, but the wicked lead them astray. It's so clear. You see it again and again in scripture. Do relationships on purpose. Include the people in your life that you want to be like. I mean, even in our marriage relationships, we want to include other couples that are healthy, yeah. that have what we want. So we're intentional. Yeah, we're very intentional. So why relationships? Another thing is relationships are where true intimacy happens. True intimacy. And I know some of you are like, oh, I don't like that word intimacy because you only, you only um, think about sex. It's like intimacy equals sex. But intimacy is not equivalent to sex. Intimacy is connection and closeness. And intimacy is God's design, whether it's sexual intimacy or whether it's intimacy with a friend. God designed it and wants it for us and wants it with us. Yeah. I, I love uh, someone in pre-service prayer this morning talked about Jesus being the vine and, and, and wanting us to abide, how Jesus encourages, beckons us to abide in the vine, to abide in him, to be connected to him, to be close to him. And I think there's always this apprehension for people. And I think that's why intimacy is like one of those things where like, oh, that's just, that's too deep. I don't want to go there. But there's like a wealth of benefit from being truly connected, 
from bearing your soul mm -hmm. to being vulnerable with someone in relationship. Yeah. So intimacy can look like more than sex. I mean, as how about just like laughing together? Yeah. Like, how about having fun with someone? Like, there's something about when you sit around the table with, with some friends and you're just telling stories and you're laughing and you're being silly. And in that laughter, there's just like this heart connection. Mm -hmm. Like, you connect with them in a way that you wouldn't. Just do, doing life recreation, yeah. um, whether, spiritual intimacy. Yeah. Like, we need people that we can say, hey, this is what the Lord is speaking to mm -hmm. me. This is what he's working mm -hmm. out in me. This is what he's stirring, stirring in my, my heart. These are the, the, this is what I feel like he's calling me to or developing in me. We need someone to talk that out with. We need someone to share in that and say, hey, I recognize that in you. Like, yeah. I affirm that in you, and I want to encourage that. I want to stir that up. Yeah. And like, for Josh and I, in our relationship, that has been a huge factor, mm -hmm. um, that when God is speaking to us to, to speak life into that and to affirm that and say, we've, we're each other's biggest cheerleader. When we always have been and always will be, and because of that, it's it's the Lord has used it to propel us in the direction that He wants us to go, yeah. creating creating greater kingdom impact. Yeah. And so we need that closeness. We need that intimacy. In First Samuel um, eighteen, we we it's the story of David and Jonathan, and they had a depth of relationship. And so I want you to know that. We don't just need intimacy in our marriage relationship, but God wants us, like Elizabeth, you and I, like as sisters, yeah. we need to have these close, intimate relationships where yeah. we can be vulnerable with each other. And I love the 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 story of David and Jonathan and what what is said in um, chapter 18, verse 3. It says, Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. Mm -hmm. As his own soul. That means... He loved him in a sacrificial way. He loved him as he loved himself, which is what Jesus commands us to do, yeah. um, to love your neighbor as yourself, right? Yeah. And so, like, God has commissioned us to do this, to not just love people at arm's length. We can all do, come on, in church, we can do this. Oh, I love you, or, you know, you're my friend. I say hi to you on Sunday, but then that's it. But there's another level of inviting people into your life, yeah. into your home, sitting across a table with something, someone, sharing your story, hearing their story, and really becoming vulnerable. And C.S. Lewis says this. He said, to love is to be vulnerable. Mm. And it's true. To truly love someone yeah. is to, to be vulnerable. And I love the example that these dynamic couples last mm. week set for us. Yeah. To, like, just share us the deepest vulnerability. I don't know about you, but for me, I, f I feel more connected to those couples now because they've given me mm -hmm. insight and vulnerability into their story and what they've walked out. And so now I'm like, hey, like I get you. Like I'm with you because all of us have a redemption story. All of us, and it may look differently, mm -hmm. but all of us have that story. Yeah. And so God is calling us to intimacy. That's so good. And so many people in our culture are missing out on the intimacy part of it. And when we talk about sex specifically, people are, it's like that is the goal. And we are foregoing 
intimacy, which really is one of the main points. Like, God created sex for procreation, but for also fun. Also, but one of the main things is intimacy. And we've got a whole generation that is trying to skip the intimacy part and thinking that's the goal. And that's why we've got so many people confused about their sexuality because they think, like, I am looking for all the answers here, and I'm not finding it in this. So maybe maybe I'm wired a little different. Maybe I'm, I just want to say, though, that you are not created for sex. Sex is created for you. Sex is part of your story, but it's not your identity. It's not who you are. It's not where you were created. Like, it's not the end goal. It's a tool that God used for intimacy. It's a picture of God's love for his church. And, you know, but we've got this whole generation that's trying sex and going for it without the intimacy and actually fighting hard to skip intimacy. I, I saw an article where this, this woman was quoted, Lisa Wade, who is a sociolo sociologist at Occidental College who had done a study about college students. And she was talking about hookup culture specifically. And she said this, in hookup culture, students go out of their way to have meaningless sex, proving they're not emotionally attached so that they can care less than the other person. It's almost like it's a badge of honor not to be intimate to just have this thing, this moment, but not commit yourself to the relationship. And you have students in colleges that are having sex drunk so that they won't get attached. There, are, there were so many students that said this in the, in the questioning in the surveys that they would have sex drunk but had never held hands with that person. So skipping the intimacy but going to the false, the candy, which wasn't really the part, the goal that God wanted for them. Um, it says also in, in this study that students won't hook up with the same person more than twice because they don't want to form an emotional connection. They're trying to skip the emotional connection and just end up with what they think they want, but they're missing what God has designed sex to be. It's, it's meant for intimacy. And when we talk about this, it's for the married couple. Like when we talk about sexual intimacy, that is a gift specific to marriage, and there's reasons for that. Yeah, because I think while they're trying to avoid the attachment, the truth is there is an attachment. Yeah. And, and that, that's a lie of the enemy yeah. saying that you can hook up and hook up and hook up and there be no attachment. Yeah. There, there is a, an attachment. And, and even and researchers even say that um, th there's chemicals that are released during sexual in intimacy, dopamine and oxytocin, that have uh, do the same thing to the brain that cocaine and heroin do. Wow. It creates an addiction. And the truth is God wanted it to be an addiction. Yeah. God wanted me to be addicted to this man. He wanted him to be addicted to me. And he wanted sex to be a glue in our relationship. And it- I agree. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I am feeling real addicted to you, babe. I'd love to, love to continue that. Yeah. So. Where do I go from here? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is a glue, but at the same time, it's not the foundation. Yeah. It's a glue that is meant to bind us, the yeah. plan of God to bind a yeah. husband and a wife, but yeah. it's not the foundation of our relationship. The foundation is meant to be Jesus, yeah. has always been Jesus, should be Jesus. Yeah. I, d I did a wedding one time for our couple. And um, I was counseling with them, and I found out they wanted me to marry them like six months in the future. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited, you know, I'm counseling with them, and I find out that they're currently living together and sleeping together. And I just said, listen, I'd love to marry you guys, but here's, here's a stipulation. Here's my requirements. 
I want you guys to either move out of the house, stop sleeping together, or get married right now. Like, let's do it this weekend. Because I want you to honor God. I want you to go into this relationship honoring God. Not, not going into a relationship with a momentum of sin, but a momentum of righteousness. So I, I challenged them to do that, and they said, okay, let's do it. So I married them that weekend with like six people there. And then six months later, we do it all again with a couple hundred people there. And I told the whole crowd, I said, listen, this is the second time we do this. They've actually been married before. And they were like, what? You know, and so I explained to them, this couple was living together and they decided they wanted to honor Jesus in every part of their life. So they tied the knot then so that they could have sexual intimacy the way God designed it. And now they're just doing this for show. So welcome to the show. And everyone like, it was like the coolest thing. And they, it was such a witness to their friends and family who didn't know Jesus, that they would make a decision to let their foundation of their marriage be on Jesus. And it was, it set them apart. So when we talk about there's a time for sexual intimacy, God has designed it for a certain time. That's why in the song of Solomon, you see um, this woman in the, in the song, like warning people, don't awaken that desire before it's time. It says three times in the song of Solomon, this phrase, promise me, O woman of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and the wild deer. If you have to make a promise by the gazelles and the wild deer, that's a serious promise, but promise me not to awaken love before the time is right. There was a right time. There was a God's time for this. And we, whenever we honor it, we just see God's blessing on those relationships. Um, I saw another funny thing. There was a, you guys like Shark Tank? I love Shark Tank. But there was a, a product that came on Shark Tank one day called the Love Sync Button. And it's a button that you put in your bed or near your bed. You press the button when you want some, and your spouse either presses the button to say yes or to say no. It's great. You don't have to talk. You don't have to have intimate conversation. I bet they're getting a lot of no's with that. <laughs> That strategy. Yeah. So I was, I was, I heard about this. I was like, what a stupid idea. Like I trained our dog whenever our dog was, was a puppy to like ring a bell when it needed to go outside to potty. I was like, have we like, <laughs> have we cheapened sexual enemies so much to where it's a button request now? Like God has designed their, their conversation to be part of that. Yeah. Like, I want to know your needs, and you, wanna, and you would want to know my needs. And, like, there is something really special about talking and growing in those areas. And I just thought, man, what a ridiculous way that the world has just, like, permeated every part of our life. That if we're not careful, we let all this influence change the way that we think about what God has designed for us. He doesn't want—God doesn't want fulfilled lust for us. Right. He wants intimacy, intimacy yeah. for us. There's so much more than what the world has to offer. Look at the picture that God gives. Ephesians 5, 31. A man leaves his father and mother, is joined to his wife. The two are united into one. This is a great mystery, and, and some translations word it like it's a miracle that this can happen. But I love this phrase, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Marriage and the intimacy that you see in marriage is an illustration of the father's love for his church. How beautiful is that? And that's what our relationship should echo. That's what they should look like. Yeah, so the last one, why relationships? Why should I put forth the effort? Why should I do the work? Why should I be intentional? And that is because relationships offer an opportunity for gospel saturation. What do I mean by that? It means like I have 
lots of opportunity being in relationship with people to offer forgiveness, to see the, the course of redemption, to see the work of the cross at work in, in my relationships. And the world is aching to see that. They don't want to see the two of us get it right all the time. They don't, they're not looking for us to be perf- perfect. They're not looking for perfection. What they are looking for is hope. Yep. Yep. We are hope church. Yeah. Our relationships need to be saturated with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we are making allowance for each other, that we are forgiving each other, that we are allowing the redemption process to have its way, yeah. the work of the cross to have its way in our lives and in our relationships with each other, with other people, yeah. that there is... Uh, we see Jesus clearly at work in that. And yeah. when people see that, they, there's, a, there's an aching, there's a yearning, this a sincere longing for that, that there's hope for me. So good. As Pastor Lance mentioned the first week in the series, that like, how do we even know what love really is? What love is supposed to be? And the Bible says in 1 John that we know what love is because God the Father first loved us. So because he first poured out his love without any, without any barrier, without hurdles to jump over, it was a free gift. That kind of selfless love, that kind of offer of redemption is what we are called to emulate. And it's impossible to know what that looks like or to, or to show or to emulate to the world what love is unless you have experienced it yourself. If you don't know Jesus, your relationship's gonna be lacking. There's gonna be a form of love as the word says, a form of godliness, but it's not going to be complete. And I love this quote from Francis and Lisa Chan. They wrote this book, You and Me Forever, Marriage in Light of Eternity. And they said this, beautiful people make beautiful marriages. Jesus is the most beautiful person to ever walk the earth. Your best shot at having a beautiful marriage is if you both make it your goal to become like Jesus. What a great perspective that if I'm going to love Brooke, if I'm going to be who she needs, if I'm going to help to redeem her, if I'm going to help to show her the grace of God, I've got to know what it looks like for me. I have to be a follower of Jesus. I have to be willing to lay down my life, take up my cross, don't have my way, let my selfishness be nailed to that cross so that I can selflessly love my spouse. In my relationship with the men in this room, it's got to be the same way. I've got to be selflessly a friend. I've got to be selflessly a father. I've got to be one who champions redemption. But I can't do it if I don't know what it looks like. If I haven't allowed Jesus to do it in me, I can't do it. So that's your first step. I think today, you know, if our challenge is anything, I want you to have a Jesus-saturated, gospel-saturated relationship, whatever that context is for you right now. You might be thinking of your marriage or a friendship or a future marriage or a relationship with kids or whatever that is. But maybe your gap and the reason you're having a difficult time and your relationships are so struggling is because you haven't given Jesus full access to your life. So I want to give you a chance today. I want to pray over your relationships in just a second. But I want to give you a chance to say yes, to respond to Jesus. So maybe you're here in the room or maybe you're online today and your story is I'm not faithfully following Jesus. Or maybe I've never never even thought of this, maybe never considered it, maybe never prayed any kind of a prayer of surrender to Jesus that the Bible tells us to do. So if that's you today, I want to give you a chance to do that. 
So I want to give you, let's just give people a moment of privacy right now. And if you could, just close your eyes. Let's listen for the Spirit of God speaking right now. The answer for whatever the struggle in your relationship is, it's Jesus. And there's a holistic thing that Jesus wants to do in your relationships. And the cool thing about what he does in the Holy Spirit's ministry is that he is with us all right now. And he knows your unique struggle, your unique issue, the thing that you wrestle with, the problem that your relationship is having. And today, in this moment, he can begin a process of redemption, no matter what the many different stories could be. But he begins with a surrender to Jesus. So if you're here today and you would say, I have not been faithfully following Jesus. And today I recognize my need for him. I need to experience the love of the Father for myself before I'm going to have any hope for my relationships. So if you're here today and you would say, that's me, I need Jesus. I need a fresh touch from him. I need to surrender my life to him once again. If you're in the room, could you just lift your hand right now? Say, pray for me, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you. I see it. Thank you. Thank you. I see a few hands. If you're online right now, is a great time for you to just say, that's me. I believe. Pray for me. We've got someone with you right now online that wants to pray with you. But I want to just do something together. As a church body, can we just all pray a prayer together of surrender to Jesus? I'm going to ask you to stand as we do this. Respect for what Jesus has done for us. Let's just pray a prayer of surrender before him. So as a whole church, let's just say this together. Let's say, Lord Jesus, I recognize my own sin and that I need you. So today is the day that I walk away from who I used to be and I step into relationship with you. I accept your free gift and I invite you to have your way from the inside out. Change me to be more like you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Could we just applaud those who made that decision today for the first time? Those maybe online praying that. Hey, I want to pray for your relationships really quick and just pray that the Spirit of God would do a unique work in your relationships. And then, uh, and then, uh, what's your names? Dave and Elizabeth. Thanks. Halliburton. What? <laughs> yeah, we're not that close. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for these relationships in this room, the ones watching online. God, I just pray that by your spirit, you would do a miracle and do a unique work in every relationship, every gap. Lord, I pray that you would be that gap, that you would fill it that in with a spirit of grace, that you would keep couples together, that you would keep relationships together as the work is being done. And Lord, we make ourselves available and we say right now, we want to be more like you, Jesus. So the, the stuff that's our fault, we own it. The stuff that's not our fault, we choose to walk in redemption and humility, offering forgiveness. So God, I just pray that our relationships, no matter what the capacity that is our context that's listening, God, we just pray that right now that you would begin a work that illustrates the gospel at work to the whole valley, to our families, to those in relationship that are watching from the outside. God, I pray that our relationships would be a light in the dark. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Hope Church. If you enjoyed this message, you can easily support the ministry of Hope Church at hopechurchmt.com give. Also follow us on social media at hopechurchmt. Be blessed and have a great week.